Happy Mother's Day. It must be Mother's Day. I'm wearing a tie in honor of my mom. She always liked it. We're in the middle of a sermon series called Fear Not. Not spelled with a K because that's what fear does to us. It ties us up in knots. Throughout the Bible, we're told nearly 400 times, fear not. God is on our side. Fear not. We need not be consumed with fears. Fear not. We started off looking at this Fear Not series by talking about when fear gets the best of us. That was our beginning point. And our fear acrostic started two weeks ago with these. F, face your fears with faith. Not faith in anything, faith in ourselves, faith in money, faith in the government. No, no, no. Faith in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Last week it was E, examine your circumstances or, or maybe exam- evaluate your assumptions in the light of those facts. Get a clear view of your fears. This week it's A, attack your anxieties with action. Next week, spoiler alert, it's going to be R. Release those worries, release those troubles, release those uncertainties and fears to God Almighty. But this week, A, attack your anxieties with action. Fear keeps us on the sidelines. Fear keeps us, even before the pandemic, locked up in our homes or locked tight in our mind. Fear sees the problems. Fear causes us to, to ask the what ifs, and it always leads to a negative conclusion. Fear calculates the risks adds it all up and says, (laughs) none can do. Well, can I admit to you, I I like Matt Damon movies. Not all of them, some of them. If you ask my boys what movies your dad has seen dozens and dozens of times, they would probably tell you two words, Oceans and Born. Guilty. I think a lot of guys my age group are guilty of that. We see ourselves rescuing innocent people from rogue operations like Jason Bourne or or kind of like a modern-day Robin Hood in the ocean movies, stealing money from a mean casino owner. The devil's had that money long enough. Well, one of the movies that Matt Damon stars in doesn't involve a car chase or a stealing of precious works of art. It came out in 2011 called We Bought a Zoo. Does anyone remember that movie? It's about a British writer, Benjamin Mee, who rescues a a failing zoo while coming to terms with his own life as a widower and a single father. And there's one line, just one line from that movie that I want you to get. It's not probably a particularly great movie. There's no car chases, no conning bad people out of their money, but one great line, and this is it. Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. 20 seconds of insane courage. That's about how long it took Peter to get out of the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Or about the amount of time it it took David to charge down the hill with a slingshot. Or Zacchaeus to climb up the sycamore tree when Jesus was in town. 20 seconds of insane courage. But what if they didn't do it? What if Peter stayed in the boat? Well, he doesn't sink. He doesn't go under. He probably didn't suffer the the teasing from some of his fellow disciples. I can just imagine James and John, the sons of thunder, looking at Peter down through the years going blub, 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 and making sinking sounds of one sort or another. But he also missed the message. He missed the message that Peter desperately needed to be all in with Jesus, to keep his eyes on Jesus, to be totally focused on Jesus. Or what if David stayed on the sidelines, never takes out his slingshot to face Goliath. Are you kidding me? That's not safe, facing a giant with no armor, carrying only a slingshot. Who would have blamed him for saying, I'm not fighting that big guy? Or what about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Without the 20 seconds of insane courage, they decide to bow down that statue of Nebuchadnezzar. They're not going anywhere near 
a fiery furnace? Or, or what if Daniel stops praying, removes the possibility of being a hungry lion's appetizer? Or Zacchaeus stands anonymously in the crowd, not being able to see over anybody and also never encountering Jesus. But for that matter, what if Jesus stays up in heaven? Because life in heaven is a whole lot easier, a whole lot safer than what was waiting for him on planet Earth. 20 seconds of insane courage is all it takes. Following God's call is not always easy, safe, comfortable. Sometimes it takes 20 seconds of insane courage to overcome our fears, to step out in faith, to trust that God Almighty is helping, protecting, providing. Oh, Pastor, you might be saying, well, that's all well and good, but we're living in the middle of a pandemic. Let me be clear. I'm not suggesting to you to not wear a mask in public or not wash your hands or not use sanitizer. No, 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 of course not. Be safe. Think of others. Wear a mask in public. Be a good neighbor. I mean, you wear a safety belt when you're in the car. You use oven mitts to take cookies out of the oven. Oh, I wish Carla did that more often. You, you use an umbrella in a rainstorm. I'm certainly not saying don't protect yourself. Be smart. We're in a pandemic. If you're in the high-risk category, be smarter, be safer. Which, which maybe this is a good place to let you know. Our church board this past week discussed our reopening plans. When are we going to do it? What will it look like when we reopen? And of course, our governor has extended the stay-at-home mandate, so our plan and strategy is dependent on that changing. But when it's allowed, when it's safe, we'll get back together. No one wants to get back together more than me. Maybe Carla does. I think she's getting tired of being the camera person. Hi, honey. Tired of being the announcement queen. Maybe tired of getting, having me around the house so much. I haven't wanted to ask that question. I'm afraid what the answer might be. We all want to get back together, worship together, celebrate Jesus together as soon as we can. But we need to keep everybody safe. So when we do get back together, whenever that is, we'll probably ask you to wear a mask. We'll want you to, to protect anyone who's in the high-risk category. We're going to have hand sanitizer. We're going to be cleaning this church. The church right now is as clean as it's ever been. We're going to clean before and after the services, clean, clean, clean. We're going to do everything possible to keep everybody safe and sound. Probably no more passing of the offering plates, passing friendship registers, communion trays, passing the peace, passing whatever. You get the idea. We want to worship together. We want everybody to be safe. And we want to be flexible. You're going to have to be flexible too. If you've got a great suggestion about all of this, you can send it to me. I know this. The why has not changed. Why we do what we do. <laughs> we, we exist to let the world know about Jesus. To see the Jesus kingdom built here in Flint as it is in heaven. That's the why. That has not changed. That will never change. But the how. How we accomplish that goal how we gather, how we proclaim the message. That might change. The message, unchanged. The method may change. But Jesus is still Lord. You can always trust in him. All right, back to my point. We're talking about not allowing fear to cripple us from becoming all that God wants us to be. Attacking those irrational fears, those things that cause us great anxiety, attacking it with action. We need to be people with 20 cents of in, seconds of insane courage to step out of the boat, to charge down the hill, to face the giant, to do the right thing, even if it leads to a fiery furnace or a lion's den, to overcome our fears. There comes a time when we need to say enough is enough. 
enough of this worrying, enough fretting, enough time and energy with my, my, my eyes on the problem and my eyes not on God Almighty. Enough of all that. Do you remember Jesus' words? Jesus said this, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? The answer to Jesus' rhetorical question is, of course, you're more valuable than the birds of the air. But let's do what Jesus said. Let's look at the birds. This is Mother's Day. Let's look at the mama bird. Have you ever seen a mama bird? Mama birds work, are workaholics. They build the nest. They sit on the eggs. They hatch the baby bird eggs. And then they fly around all day collecting worms and bugs, and I don't know what all their baby birds eat. But then when it's time, exactly right, the exact right time, the mama bird says to her baby bird, chirp, chirp, chirp. Now, if you don't speak bird talk, let me translate. Mama bird says to baby bird, it's time for you baby birds to get out of the nest. It's time for you baby birds to spread those wings and fly. You're ready, you're set, it's time to go. Fly away, baby bird, fly away. And with that, the mama bird gives those baby birds the boot. She kicks them right out of the nest. She says, go fly in the wild blue yonder. And somewhere after getting kicked out of the nest and somewhere between the nest and the ground, the baby birds figure out to use their wings. And they stop flapping their wings like there's no tomorrow, frantically, wildly. And sure enough, they work. They can fly. And if we could get into their little baby bird brains, they would probably be thinking, wow, this is the greatest thing in the world. I can fly. I'm not stuck in that nest anymore. I can fly. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. I can fly. I think that describes us in Jesus. The nest is okay for a while. It's safe and secure and sheltered, and all our baby bird needs are met. But if we're not careful, we're tempted to think, man, let's stay in this nest forever. It's scary on the outside. You never know what's going to happen on the outside of the nest. But staying in the nest is never the goal for the bird. The goal is to get out there and spread those wings and fly. And Jesus isn't in the business of flying to and fro for the rest of our lives, hand-delivering us spiritual baby food. Jesus is saying, church, you weren't made to live in the nest. You weren't made to hide behind stained glass windows. If we had stained glass windows at the church, we don't have stained glass windows in my living room, I can assure you. He says, you're not made to simply be comfortable and safe and secure, healthy, wealthy, happy, good. You are made to go into the broken world with the hope of Jesus. You are made to share the love of Jesus. You are made to seek out the troubled, the lonely, the, the hurting, the broken, and share with them the secret, the secret of joy and peace and fulfillment, the secret of a satisfying life and eternal hope that's found in Jesus Christ. So like the mama bird, Jesus very well may kick us out of the nest, kick us out of our comfort zone. Hello, coronavirus. We've been kicked out of our comfort zone, haven't we? But Jesus is saying, use those wings. Come up with new plans, new ways, new dreams in this COVID-19 world. We might not ever go back to 2019 normal, but that doesn't change why we're here. The why hasn't changed. COVID-19 or not, our world needs Jesus. And if you listen, you just might hear Jesus say, come on, Central Church, fly. Overcome those fears and fly. There's an interesting story buried in the book of 1 Samuel. Let me, let me set the stage a little bit. It's the early years when Saul was king. And the Philistines controlled the western border of Israel. The battle lines were drawn at a, 
at a place called the Pass of Michmash. The Philistines were on one cliff. Saul and his 600 soldiers were on another cliff. And there was this big pass in between them, the Michmash Pass. And Saul seems to be pretty content with this arrangement, quite frankly. He's content to sit on the sidelines. The Bible says, 1 Samuel 14, 2, Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree at Migron. With him were about 600 men. So Saul the king, just sitting back under his pomegranate tree, chewing on some pomegranate seeds, relaxing, maybe even had a couple of new recruits fanning him if he got a little overheated. My point, instead of charging the enemy, instead of doing what kings are supposed to be doing, you know, leading their men to fight the enemy, the leader of Israel is sitting under a pomegranate tree. If Saul were a little birdie, he probably would have said, man, it's safe here in this nest. I can stay here forever. Saul had a long history of letting others fight his battles. He's doing it again. Saul, in this case, is playing not to lose. He's certainly not playing to win. He's not strategizing how to defeat the Philistines. Hand me another pomegranate, please. But his son Jonathan was not content. Jonathan was, was tired of being in the nest, of hanging out on the opposite cliff from the Philistines. In verse 6, Jonathan says this. He says to his young armor bearer, Come, let us go over to that outpost of those uncircumcised men. Jonathan is tired of sitting around staring at the enemy. He's ready to fight. Even if it's just Jonathan and his armor bearer, he's ready to fight. Now, probably that armor bearer was a big, strong guy, you know. He, he had to carry around all the heavy armor. But in my mind, I think of him as a little mousy guy. Okay, Jonathan, let's go. Let's go fight him. And Jonathan says, I've had enough of this. I'm tired of sitting safe and secure on my side of the pass, and the Philistines don't seem to be eager to leave their side of the pass. I'm tired of this. I think for Jonathan, it was a, it was a matter of enough is enough, 20 seconds of insane courage. Maybe you can relate to Jonathan. I know, I know, there's some antsiness. That's not even a word, but you know what I mean. After a month and a half of quarantine, we're all getting a little stir crazy. You quarantine moms, maybe the best Mother's Day gift for you would be to, to have a little peace and quiet. I get it, I get it. Quarantine is making us all stir crazy. We want to do something. I want to go, 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 go. That's kind of the way Jonathan is feeling. But Jonathan's plan of attack Quite honestly, it sounds like the worst possible plan ever. I'm no military expert, but I'm pretty sure this is a pretty rotten plan. This is what he says. Come on then, we will cross over toward them and let them see us. Um, there goes the element of surprise, Jonathan. Aren't you supposed to sneak up at them maybe when it's dark? That's not what he says. Let them see us, verse nine. And if they say to us, wait there until we come up to you, we will stay there and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. Now, if I'm going to battle against the dirty, rotten, stinking Philistines, I don't think I want my sign from God having the Philistines say, come up here and fight. Expend all your energy climbing up this steep, steep cliff and then we'll fight. No, no, no. I want to do the exact opposite. I think the sign I want from God would say, you know, if they're coming down here, we'll fight you. You know, we'll let them expend the energy repelling down the cliff. That's a good sign. Or better yet, if they start falling off the cliff, maybe that's a sign that God's giving them a little nudge. You know, ah, 
Oh, I think God's on our side. Or maybe if they don't see us at all and we sneak up to fight them, that would be a good sign. But Jonathan's strategy is the worst, the, mo- the most difficult, the most daring. We're going to let the enemy see us. And then, we're gonna, and then if they say, come up here, we're going to climb up that steep, steep cliff, you and me, little armor bearer. And we're going to climb with all our gear and then we're going to fight them. Have you seen rock climbers climb? Maybe you've climbed the rock wall at Olivet. Carlos climbed it. Me, no way, no thank you. Or I've seen documentaries on guys that climb steep cliffs and, uh, without ropes. That would have been Jonathan, no ropes. And he and his little armor bear going up this cliff, no ropes. And they don't have rock climbing gear, no special rock climbing shoe or none of those special tools to help them get up the mountain. None of that. And have you seen rock climbers? They, they take very little with them. Jonathan and his little armor bear have to climb with all their stuff. What a crazy strategy. I'm, I, I'm, sure, I'm not sure which would be more dangerous, climbing up the side of a cliff with your armor and swords and everything else, or being outnumbered 10 to 1. They don't know the odds, but that's what it was, 10 to 1. Now, I'm not a mountain climber, and I'm not a swordsman. I'm not into fencing. Here's all I know about fencing. Say, on guard. You know, that's the extent. I know nothing else. In my last church, we had a young lady, Ashley Suey. She went to Princeton on a fencing scholarship. She was good. One of the best fencers in the United States. Their team won the national championship one year. I mean, she was good. There's a lot of preparation that goes into a fencing match. It, it takes skill, and you want to be at your peak performance. I don't think climbing up a steep, steep cliff would qualify as getting you prepared for a sword fight. Ashley never would have done it that way, but that's exactly what Jonathan does. That's his plan. We're going to let them see us. If they say climb up, we're going to climb up, and then we're going to put a whooping on those dirty, rotten, stinking Philistines. Jonathan is not looking for the easy way out. He's looking at this the way a lot of the Old Testament heroes approached circumstances. They said the only way we're going to be victorious is if we come up with a plan that is so ridiculous that the only way we're going to win is if God is working for us. If we don't have God on our side in this whole plan, then we're toast. I think the most honest words in the Bible maybe come from Jonathan. Of course, all the Bible is honest. But Jonathan says something particularly telling. He tells his little armor bearer, with maybe a little uncertainty, maybe, maybe I'm just tired of sticking around doing nothing. Pops is sitting underneath a pomegranate tree. I've got 20 seconds of insane courage, and here it is. You know, the enemy's going to see us. We're going to come up and fight them. We're going to climb that cliff, and then we're going to fight them. But then he says this, this honest, honest, honest words. 14.6, perhaps the Lord will help us. Perhaps he will. You know, sometimes you can make the best decision you can make. You pray about it. You weigh all the options. It might be a crazy plan, but you believe the Lord is in it. And you're left saying, well, perhaps, perhaps the Lord's going to help us. And right on the heels of that, he makes a bold and courageous statement. Perhaps, maybe, I sure do hope the Lord is going to help us. And then he tells us what he knows about God. It's pretty good. Nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Only a few means you and me, little armor bearer. That's all we got. You know, you know how this is going to turn out. Jonathan and his armor bearer, with their 20 seconds of insane courage, climb the cliff, defeat the enemy. The rest of the army then uh, routes the Philistines, and the Lord wins again. But it took someone attacking their anxieties with action to do it. 
overcoming their fears, trusting God, knowing that we serve a mighty God. It's ironic that this is my message on Mother's Day, fear not, attacking your anxieties with action. It's ironic because my mom was a big fraidy cat. She was fearful of water, never did learn how to swim. She was fearful of driving. She didn't learn how to drive until my sister was born. Five years after my dad's death, in those five years, I think she averaged about 2,000 miles a year on her car. You know, she drove to church, drove to doctor, drove to Walmart. That was it. She was fearful of snakes and spiders and bugs and mice and all of God's creatures. And I was a rotten son. You know, I'd put rubber snakes in the refrigerator and every time she'd scream. My brother gave me a rubber rat and, and my mom knew that I owned that rubber rat. Still, she would scream every time I put it in the refrigerator or anyplace else. You know, she'd just holler. She thought she saw a real rat. She was fearful of heights. I remember we took a family vacation to Pikes Peak and she was convinced that my dad was going to drive us off the edge of the mountain road all the way up and all the way down. Bob, Bobby, Bobby, Bob, 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 be careful, be careful, be careful. She was fearful of snowy roads. She was fearful just about everything except one thing. Six years ago, at age 83 years old, my mom had a heart attack. She had a faulty valve that required surgery. It was about three weeks from the heart attack to the surgery date. And my mom knew it was serious, really serious. Her doctors at Henry Ford Hospital were very straight with her. She knew she might not get up from that operating table. And this lady, who was fearful of snakes and heights and water and driving and everything else, had a profound sense of peace for those three weeks. She wasn't in denial. She knew she might not wake up from the, from the table, which, by the way, she did not wake up. But this lady who was so fearful of every other thing was not afraid of dying. Why? My mom had tremendous hope. We aren't like the rest of the world that have no hope. When faced with death, the great enemy of us all, we have hope. Why? We serve a risen Savior. My mom knew she could not lose. If the surgery went perfectly, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. She might gain a few more years on planet Earth to be with her kids and grandkids. But better yet, if the surgery didn't go as the doctors hope, she might wake up in heaven. Wonderful, 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 four wonderfuls, maybe. Because she was going to be re reunited with my dad. And best of all, she was going to see Jesus. She could not lose. If you watched our Bible study on Philippians this past Wednesday night, I talked about how Paul had that same attitude when he wrote that letter. Remember, he was in prison. Last week, I told you he was on a prison ship that wrecked, and eventually he got to Rome, and they put him in prison to wait for trial before Caesar. Paul knew he was going to be executed. He's not getting out of that prison alive, and yet he had tremendous joy. Why did he have joy? He's in prison, yet he had joy. Why? He knows. Deep down, he knows. There's nothing the Romans can do to him. He's already died. Galatians 2 says, says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I myself no longer live. I've already died. I've died unto myself, but Christ lives in me so that I may live this earthly life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew, I've already died. There's nothing the Romans can do to me. Earlier in the book of Philippians, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die, even better, to die is gain. My Freddy cat mom, who's afraid of snow, and driving, and water, and heights, and snakes, and spiders, and mice. Well, she wasn't afraid of death. Why? She had a lot to look forward to in heaven. 
And to be real honest, we didn't grieve a whole lot when mama went to heaven. Oh, we, we miss her. Of course we miss her. We sure do miss her. But man, oh man, my mama's in heaven today. Are you kidding me? Her faith is sight. She's, she's rejoicing. She has no worries or fears. She's probably swimming laps in the crystal sea. No fear of water anymore. How in the world could I be sad about that? That thing that should be the most fear-inducing experience, death, death itself, has no sway for believers. Why? To live as Christ. We have plenty of work to do here. To live as Christ. I've got loved ones who don't know Jesus. To live as Christ. I want them to know Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can so that they know Jesus. But come on, man, to die is gain. We're talking about attacking our anxieties with action. God is on our side. We cannot lose. It's impossible to lose when Jesus is with you. So we muster up the courage and we live by faith knowing that God is with you. We take that 20 seconds of insane courage and say, I'm trusting in Jesus. When facing fears, remember our acronym F, face those fears with faith, not faith in anything, faith in God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And E, evaluate our circumstances. Get a good look of what we're dealing with. Last week's sermon. Today, A, attack those worries, attack those anxieties, attack those fears with action. Next week, spoiler alert, R, release those fears, release those those hopes, release the future, release your dreams to God. But listen, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the stars, they're his handiwork too. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. He'll be with you. As you face storms, if you face fears, you can trust God Almighty. He will give you the strength and the courage to go on. You can always trust in Him. Would you join me as we close in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we want to trust you always. We know you're strong, you're mighty. You created this universe, you created each one of us. Nothing that is going on in our world today, not one thing, not coronavirus, not anything else, has has come as a surprise to you. So help us to trust you, to put our fears and to face them with you and face them with faith. Help us, Lord, to, to, to evaluate our circumstances, to look at those fears and see, are they rational or irrational? And then to attack those fears and attack those anxieties and attack those worries with action. We're stepping out. We're being courageous with God on our side. We know we cannot lose. So help us, Lord, to trust you today and every day. Be with our folks. Give us a great Mother's Day ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.